Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon. We're live on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, coming to you for the final time in the 2019 season. Uh, from Principal Park here today. It is the final uh, day game, businessmen, weekday game, I should put it that way, for the iCubs this year. Salt Lake is in town. They are the Angels affiliate as the uh, iCubs will hit the road after this one, Trent. Precious few games remaining in the year, and the iCubs and the brass, uh, according to Tommy Birch's piece from last week, already starting to look ahead. It's been a long time since they've hosted playoff postseason baseball. It looks as though it's coming. Uh, but they hit the road uh, after today. Do not come back until next week. But then it's a, a pretty long home stand. For, home for a week from the 19th till the 25th. And we'll spend Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day, Labor Day weekend uh, here at Principal Park as the season comes to an end. How are you, Trent Condon? Your team, the Twins, are in second place. That's a big talker. We've got some breaking sports wagering news uh, that I, I think will uh, get some people pretty excited. We'll share that with you in the first segment as well. But how are you? Doing well. Excited to be out here again. Always love our time at Principal Park. Just a great venue as we talk about every time. And it's been a while. What, since June? I think the last time we were out here? Yeah, we were supposed to be here in July, but that was the same day that we were in Chicago for right. Big Ten Football Media Day, so we had to pass that one. Yeah, it's always fun to uh, to get out of the studio every now and then and mm-hmm. to take the show on the road, and we are doing that uh, here today. We'll do it again on Thursday. Uh, speaking of sports wagering, the curtain goes up uh, in the state of Iowa. For those casinos that are ready, we know Prairie Meadows is, and every single one of the four local shows will be there. The Morning Rush from 6 to 8, Trent and I 10 to noon, Murph and Andy 2 to 4, and then the Fanatics will uh, finish up the day of local programming. We'll be on the fourth floor and broadcasting live essentially throughout the entire day. Uh, coming up on the program, we're going to do a long segment, good segment on the NFL at the bottom of the first hour of the program. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Week one is uh, behind us. A couple of stories that, uh, you know, obviously we'll get to with Frank. Uh, a couple of recent ones, the Andrew Luck story that mm-hmm. broke today. Boy, oh boy, this guy, when he, when he left Stanford, Trent, and, you know, you look at the Colts jettisoned a Hall of Fame quarterback who still had something left because of the promise of Andrew Luck, and it certainly looked as though he was going to fulfill that promise. But injuries have just, at to this point, have curtailed what looked to be a, a, a sure thing, a no doubt about it, Hall of Fame career. He is a player that when he is at his best, you just look at last year when he finally came back with the Colts. That, that overall, that Colts team, it felt like they had a big rebuild in front of them, that mm-hmm. they were going to have to completely fix a lot of things, both defensively and offensively. Good point. But just having yep. him there, just Not having the case, him out was there it? over the course of 16 games completely changed the perception of them. And before these injuries started to come up, it's a calf and a small bone, right? is what Jim Ursay said. I'm For the say, first time said today. Ursay, not exactly uh, what you would consider a rocket scientist or, nor a doctor. Not the Where did he get his money, I wonder? It's from his dad, isn't it? I'm not sure. Jim Ursay, yeah, probably is. I, I don't know. I think um, that's where it came from. But that dude, he is different. He is wild, mm-hmm. and it's a what he called a small bone injury. No idea what part of the body that bone is located that he mentioned, but... A small bone injury. Regardless of that, though, the Colts are kind of that dark horse team. It's the Chiefs. It's the Patriots. Most everybody, I'm sure, is going to pick one of those They can two. win the AFC South, Trent. The yes. Colts, I'm referring to. They no can. No doubt. And, yep. and with a couple of breaks, and if that defense continued to take the steps that they did a year ago, mm-hmm. they could be there playing the AFC Championship game. I don't think it would be a stretch. 
but it has to be a healthy Andrew Luck. No, the offensive line has been good, so they've got that in front of them. They've got a couple of young guys there anchoring in the middle of that line. They are very, very solid. Nelson was a beast in yes, his rookie year last year. So we'll talk NFL at 9.30. Uh, 9, uh, 10.30, I beg your pardon. We're not on at 9.30. <laughs> um, at 11 o'clock, Randy Wayho from, from the Iowa Cubs will join us, uh, as he always does. We'll talk. Uh, we'll take a look ahead uh, with Randy to uh, the upcoming playoffs. We want to ask him about Ian Happ, who's just tearing uh, the cover off the ball since he's been put, uh, put back uh, into the major league lineup. Joe Madden likes him. Joe Madden realizes how hot he is, and he's going to ride that hap horse, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, as he's not coming out of this lineup. He's, hit, he's hitting balls over fences from either the left side uh, or the uh, right side. He's a switch hitter, and it hasn't mattered so far. So we'll talk Randy Wayhofer and then Zubin Mahente, our buddy from ESPN Sports Center. In his normal spot on Tuesdays, about 11.20-ish, we will get to Zubin and go around the world of sports with him. All right, so I saw a stat. I think it was uh, Jason Stark. I wanted to get it right. I believe it was Jason Stark tweeted today. And look, we, we still, how many games are left Major League? Forty-something games left? Forty. Anywhere from 41, I think, to 44, depending on the team. So somewhere about 40 games. We'll just to round it off a little bit. But apparently, as of today, as, as you well know, uh, Cleveland is in first place, and the Twins become only the second team in the World Series era to give up an 11-and-a-half game lead and not win the division. While they've still got a lot of time to get that lead back. They do. Including tonight, where they will go to Milwaukee. Uh, there's an opportunity there, although the Brewers got to be a hungry team as well. But just uh, the fact that... You know, this has a chance to be historically bad for the Twins if indeed they're not able to come back. And man, Cappy joins us on Wednesday, tells us all the time, guys, this doesn't look like a World Series team to me. There's something missing. Is there something missing in, in, uh, the Twin Cities? Well, they got off to such an incredible start. What was it? 40 and 19, I think, at the beginning of the season. And with that, I think it changed expectations for this mm-hmm. team of what they could be. And it was Brios looking like, what everybody hoped Rios would turn into at number one, a top of the rotation ace. And made the all-star team based on his first half. He hasn't been the same guy. No, he hasn't. Jake Odorizzi, another all-star. Better in his last start, but he agree was, with you. But yep. he has taken a step back. Yep. The bullpen has been an issue all year long, and mm-hmm. they've dealt with injuries. And even with all this, it's not like they've fallen apart. Over the last 60 games, they are 31-29. and 29. Mm-hmm. So they're even over 500 during the stretch. The thing is, the Indians are playing historic baseball. The Indians are playing at a clip of over 700 baseball since that 11-and-a-half game lead that the Twins once had back in June. They're playing. It's you. There's nothing you can do about that outside of obviously beating them when you mm-hmm. see them. When a team's playing at this level, you got to throw your hands up. Because it is an 11-and-a-half game lead, it's going to be called a collapse. And if that continues and the Indians come back and do win this division, that's what will be considered. And I, I can agree with that because the lead was so big. But it's more the Indians, I think, than the, the Twins and what they did. You get off to that kind of start – and you just hold serve the rest of the way, they're still playing 97 win pace baseball. Yeah. It just th- this team, it doesn't feel like it, though, but that's a good point. Yeah, Win 97 games, mm-hmm. and if the Indians win 98, you know what? It's not a bad season. Right. It's just the Indians took it for them, but it would be frustrating, no doubt. And the way the current structure of the playoffs, you have to go to that one-game playoff, then on top of it, you have to go on the road for a five-game division round. Against the Astros or the Yankees as it's, it sits there today. It's, it's going to be an incredibly – it's already difficult enough to beat either of those teams, but to have to do it using probably your ace in that first game. Oh, well, you have to. Pitcher. Yeah, because there's no tomorrow. You have, to, you have to use Barrios if you can. And you have to use your bullpen in a uh-huh. huge way. You have to go out there. You have to shoot all your bullets in that first game. It's an advantage for the team that wins has the best record. As and it should, it should be. be, right. Yes. This is what I like about it, but – for the teams like this, the teams that are just fighting to get in, 
it's a one-game scenario. It's a coin flip, and then you have to go from there and play some really good baseball and probably play above your head to beat the team in the divisional round. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And you know what? It'll keep us interested in September when football's in full swing um, because the, the Indians and the Twins do see each other again a couple of times. And then the schedule gets significantly softer, if you will. And they're going to get Buxton back. I'm not sure for how long because they get him they get him back a lot, and then he leaves again in <laughs> the injured list. And into they, a wall and <laughs> get him back. But they're going to get Cruz back, who I guess is doing baseball activities yeah. as of yesterday. So maybe not as bad as some thought. We'll see there because he was having an unbelievably good year. And Dyson's going to, well, we don't know. Fingers crossed uh, he's going to come back. That was their piece. That was their bullpen piece. Uh, the, the significant piece, I thought, that they picked up at the trade deadline. Certainly he looked like that when he was with San Francisco. But maybe, maybe, maybe the Twins were sold some damaged goods. All right, so let's uh, move away from baseball as we talked about sports wagering uh, 48 hours from now. For the most part, mm-hmm. uh, I guess it's actually 50 hours from now, to be precise. Um, the I believe that the festivities get underway at 11. Um, the talk is it's going to be as one of the senators is going to make the first wager. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jack Whitford. I don't know. I wonder. If it, yeah. I wonder if he better on Iowa State. That'll be a story if he doesn't better yes, on Iowa yes. State. He's made the cyclones. <laughs> you know what? I wonder if it would be Whitford. And if it is, he it's kind of got to this started. No, he was behind it. No he question was, about it. He was it. one of the yep. first people that was behind it. He so. was certainly on board and yep. certainly put his name behind it. If it had, it's a great point, Trent. If it's Whitford, he's got to bet. He's got to bet the Seahawks game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Give, give me Iowa State minus four and a half. Well, we'll see because we'll be out there when they actually make the first bet. We're going to try and get as close as we can to bringing that to you live uh, on Thursday. But the sports wagering news that I teased at the beginning of the show, and I'm not going to tell you the casino entity uh, that's going to have this partnership. They're going to announce that on Friday, and I'll respect that. But I will tell you that DraftKings is going to be in the market. They are going to partner with this uh, casino company that is within the sounds of our voice. I'll put it that okay, way. All right. Uh, our signal does go there. Um, so DraftKings is coming, and what does that mean to us? Well, that means that fantasy sports are now legal, but up until DraftKings has uh, was able to secure a bricks-and-mortar casino, that meant that they could not offer sports wagering. Well, now I believe DraftKings and their app, due to the partnership with this, air quote, local casino company, uh, will have the only dual-purpose app, right? You'll be able to bet sports and fantasy? I think so. I think that's the way that it's going to be. And DraftKings, one of the big ones, them and FanDuel. Yes. You know, we, we've heard about this. We've heard about the money, the New Jersey ones that those guys have put together uh, out there. This is a great thing. Mm-hmm. And, and for people that have played fantasy sports for years. You know, I, I think I've told you before, my first ever fantasy draft as a third grader in <laughs> Washington Elementary School. And, and I've been doing it now for... Over 30 years, which is crazy to think. I love fantasy sports. This this is just another factor for me. You've asked the question before, is legalized wagering on sports going to kill the fantasy industry? I don't, I don't think, think so. it'll kill, but I think it'll curtail. See, I think it's going to elevate it even Do more. Do you? And, and for you the don't people, think it'll cannibalize it at all? I don't think so. I mm, think much like we've talked about Vegas and, and they're happy that this is mm-hmm. becoming legalized yep. across, I think this is something, too, where more people 
are going to be involved and more people are looking for different angles and different things. And I like to play fantasy sports. You know what? Will you play daily fantasy sports? I think I will. Maybe not every day, but mm-hmm. I think I'll put something together. Certainly on football Saturdays for the college game and Sundays with the with the NFL, I think I'll put teams together and throw. You know, they have the two, three, five dollar what you know groups that you can put together, and there's 20 other people in it, and then you get a prize package out of it. I think that's something that I certainly am hopeful that I'll be able to do. And now with this. It does look like it's a reality, which is a great thing, because this was the one kind of part of it that a lot of people had asked about, the daily fantasy yep. wagering. And was it going to be a part, and was it going to be connected? Good to see it is going to be connected here. Yes, and uh, for the uh, register that are listening over there, and we appreciate that, please be sure to credit the as first heard on Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Uh, we'd appreciate that. So that's, uh, that's the news, and that announcement uh, will be made public as to who they're uh, teaming up with uh, on Friday, as it'll be posted, I believe, on the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission uh, website uh, as of Friday. And they are going to start... I want to say the following week. They're not going okay. to be ready. Obviously, they're not going to be ready if the announcement's not going to be made public until Friday. So uh, good for them. and glad they're in the state. You know, I, I think I mentioned to you, I don't know if it was on the air, but up by my home and up in Northwood, the top of Iowa Casino mm-hmm. up there, Dive and Joe, they're not going to be ready till September. And, and I, was, I was surprised by that. Do you know any reason why... Some of these places aren't ready to go on the 15th? The only thing that I could think of, and I don't know who they're partnering with, is I would assume that whoever that company is is also partner is also signed an agreement with one of the existing states that is also offering sports and i'll use illinois who's not going to be quite ready mm-hmm. but maybe they are um i don't know what their staffing is maybe they're working on with their, their and again that's just an example their illinois partner to get them ready and then they'll make their way over to iowa to uh to get them ready to to build the book uh to put the necessary equipment that they have to do to offer that that would be my only thought process trent is okay. just because you know, these uh, there's so many states coming on board, and seemingly everybody wants to be ready for football. And if you reached out to them first, they're probably getting your casino ready, and you'll be next on the list. That's my that's my guess. I don't know. Yeah, it, that makes sense too. And, and it's not like these places have hundreds of employees that can go out and set up everything and and put it all together. It is, I mean, this is uncharted territory for a lot of different people, and mm-hmm. because of that. You're trying to all figure it out kind of on the fly. You know, we, we've heard some stories about different places, and that's what it's going to be. I don't think things are going to be seamless right away. There's there's going to be probably a few things that crop up. With the app, you mean? Well, yeah, with that part of it, mm-hmm. putting money back in, opening up an account, all these different things. I mean, it's just there's so many parameters here, and being it being the first time, I'm sure there'll be some glitches, not at any specific location or casino or anything like that, just across the board. You got 18 out of the 19 casinos that have applied for licenses that are going to get going. There's going to be a couple of stories that come out and things that didn't go right. They will get it right, though. Don't oh, worry. sure, they have to. There's a big yes. fine if they don't. Yes, they will get it right. It will work in the end. It'll be good, and I'm so looking forward to Thursday. Yeah. I'll be right in line right after we go off the air at noon, and I'll be popping over there. First bet's going to be what? Well, i got to see the numbers. That's mm. what it's going to be. I, I have to see the numbers, those Different colored sheets that you get at every Vegas sportsbook yep. you go into. We'll be walking you in. Take that them morning. up to your room, oh, and you, yes. take, you have breakfast or you have dinner, coffee, whatever, with them. And you're perusing the sheets. You you're trying to pen. find that one game that sticks out to you, whether it does or whether it doesn't. That's what you're going to focus on, and that's where you're going to put your money. Um, 
Yeah, I think this, the Cyhawk game is going to be the one everybody's targeting right off the bat. Yeah. I wonder what, uh, you know, what way it's going to go. I wonder if they are forced to make an adjustment early in the process to move the line a little bit mm-hmm. just to try and get some good two-way action. Uh, it's been, um, it certainly hasn't been lost on me this this last week as we've gotten closer to Thursday. The questions I'm getting, the people that are reaching out to me, and I'm sure you're the same way. I know you are because I see it on Hawkeye Lounge and Condon get in here and answer these questions um, is that as they reach out to you, our favorite website. I don't want to speak for you of the message boards. Is, uh, the Wild Wild West. It is the Wild Wild West over there. Some funny dudes. Uh, at least they come across that way on uh, on the message board. And I like the fact you have to actually sign in mm-hmm. before you post or read. Yeah, uh, I think that's a that's certainly a good feature. Um, not I'm not suggesting Cyclone Fanatic does that because I like reading their board uh, without <laughs> having to sign in. Anyways, uh, so uh, we will all be out there on Thursday at Prairie Meadows. But DraftKings coming to the market. We'll tell you more about that as the week goes on. Although I'm certain that since we've got the story we won't be the only ones that, that do get it i did also get a question FanDuel, the other part of kind of this entity and asking if that's also going to be in the state it will be because this of the fantasy yes of the fantasy portion it won't be the duel that you'll right. have here with DraftKings that has both unless this. they get a partner and right. unless they partner with that eight and that doesn't you're still going to have to go to that casino to sign up for the sports wagering for the sports portion. aspect yes. of it absolutely but daily fantasy wagering is now legal in the state of Iowa mm-hmm. something that hadn't been even though almost nationwide it, it was 40 plus states and yeah. it was kind of strange that Iowa wasn't on that list no because it was Iowa's always been so forward thinking mm-hmm. on, on so many different issues and social issues and on and on and on usually one of the first states to do things but for every reason daily fantasy was not one of them that they were able to overcome but yes starting the 15th on thursday you also be able to sign up for that separate account but the good thing is you'll have the duel with the uh the entity that you mentioned a little right. bit earlier. And, and that, that will be coming here, I believe, uh, in, in the next week. Yeah, you know, I wonder if you're on to something with Jack Whitford. I hope he's <laughs> going to be out there. Maybe we should reach out to his office. And, yeah. And, uh, See if he can stop by for Stop a few. by after he makes his first bet and show us his ticket and, and uh, confirm our thoughts that uh, his first bet was indeed on Iowa State over Iowa. That's got to be it. Maybe it's the Iowa State over. Maybe he'll t- take a look at that one. Or have, it to have, a, have a go at both of them, for crying out loud. Remember, the more you bet, the more you win. And the more you lose. Oh, no, you don't throw that in <laughs> So, uh, what do you think they're going to start those over-under odds for Iowa and Iowa State? Are they're going to be far as the, the win total for the year? We've seen most everybody has Iowa State on the Vegas and some of eight. the other eight, and Iowa seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Do they bump them each a half? Here? Here. Interesting take. Iowa it's going to be up. different in Iowa trends as we've be. talked about. I don't think there's any way you can lay seven and a half with Iowa. I think you have to bump that up at least to eight. Yeah, and then what would you do if it was eight? I mean, you'd bet the eight because if you, if it falls on eight, you push. You push, right. Uh, same with Iowa State. I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea why. Well, I should say that if you don't think Iowa State's going to win eight games, then of course you take the under. But I think with you, if you take the eight, you've got two chances. You're either going to get your money back, or you're going to win. I just don't see him losing. I don't see him losing five games. I just don't. You don't. You th- defense is too good. Defense is the best in the conference. TCU's is good. Iowa State's is better. That offensive line doesn't take a step forward. Brock yeah. Purdy has a sophomore slump. They don't find a running back. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, those and, are all, all legitimate And those close points? games that they won a year ago flipped the other direction. Mm-hmm. And instead of having the miraculous the, the, the defensive touchdown against K-State, and mm-hmm. they lose that game. Mm. And the coin no, games past against that TCU trend. and Oklahoma State. Look, they've got some. Oklahoma State, TCU, and Baylor are all 
to me, are all going to be swing games as far as the season goes. And they lose those swing games, and then they they lose to Iowa and Oklahoma and Texas, and they are 7-5. and Mm -hmm. So now why are you throwing cold water on the Cyclones? Because you are, this is as, you're all in with this football team. Hard not to be. We're talking Iowa State football. I've watched a ton of bad football at Iowa State, (laughs) Trent. Yes, I know you have. And I've talked about a lot of bad (laughs) Iowa State football over the time. This is different. It just feels different. And I agree with you. It's different because of the defense. Mm-hmm. The and the, the freshman running back and Brock Purdy. See, and I we've think heard these, these stories before. No, the we, quarterbacks. But don't you think, and I'm with you. I mean, it's always, it's it's Jacob Parks. It's mm-hmm. Sam Richardson. It's uh, fill in the blanks. Joel Lanning. It's Joel Lanning. It's, uh, what's the kid with the name? Um, mm. Austin Arnott. I mean, now, Arnott was my guy, so don't be killing Austin <laughs> Arnott. <laughs> But did he steal Jance? Yes, there's a great one. Um, Heisman contender. Yeah, after no, his there's game. always one. There's always one. But here's the thing: we saw Purdy, and we saw him in Big Twelve play, and I don't think that sophomore slump. Sure, they're going to miss Butler. Sure, they're going to miss Montgomery. I think that receiver room is stacked. I think there's going to be some really good guy, really good players, that aren't going to see the field. At Iowa State because there's better players ahead of them. And that's something that we don't normally see. Never! I mean, we can go through the 1 through 22, the starters kind of projecting, like, hey, mm-hmm. this is a good player here, good. But an injury happens or a couple injuries mm-hmm. happen, and it's over. For all yeah. intents and purposes, the season is done, and they're slogging their way to another 3 and 9. The reason it's different <laughs> to me yeah. is that defense and what they can do up front and the physicality. And this is something before they hired Matt Campbell that, that I mentioned, and I, I'm sure you had the same thought process is, do it different. You're not going to go out and be able to out Texas, Texas, and right. Oklahoma right. and go and just run an air raid mm-hmm. and do it like them because you're not going to get the players that they get. Instead, do something different. That's what Matt Campbell has done. He's brought a physicality. Yep. He's built this team on defense, and this is how we're, we're going to be the most physical team in the Big 12, and that mantra is carried over. And they brought in the dudes to be able to do it mm-hmm. on that defensive front especially. We haven't even, we've team. hardly talked about maybe the best. Look, Jaquan Bailey's a really good player. He's mm-hmm. six foot two. If he's six foot four, he's not at Iowa State. Yes. Um, Liam in the middle of that line. But Uwazarike was the guy that everybody was yeah. raving about. I don't know if you and I have mentioned his name until today. We talked about him a lot last summer. All the time last Be- summer. Because you're trying to figure out the exact How to say his name, right. 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 And you got it. Yeah. And, and now you're good. Uwazarike, right? Did I get it? No, you did. Yeah, okay. So we're good there. That linebacking group, I am yeah. so excited to see McDonald. Yeah. I mean, just the rave reviews there that we've are. heard about him. Mike Rose is a, is a true sophomore. Look what he did is mm-hmm. a true freshman. Spears, I think, has been... Um, Rock solid. Just, he might have been the best. In his era at Iowa State, I mean, Lanny got all the publicity. Harvey was a really good player. Spears took out to me game after game. All right, give me the over. Take the over. Take the over. It's easy money. Uh, we will uh, be at live again. All of the shows will be at Prairie Meadows on Thursday. Uh, morning rush from 6 to 8. Trent and I, 10 to noon. we got to get Jack Whitford. You're on to something there, Trent Condon. Good for you. All right. That's got to be the answer to the question. A senator apparently is going to go first. Which one would it be? Yeah. If he's not first, he's right behind there, and we'll get him. See, hopefully, we'll get him and grab him and see what he bet on. Will they probably take one from each side of the aisle? That'll probably be something too, I would guess. Yeah, maybe. I Since guess I don't was, know. You know, yeah. this was something that both sides, Republican Democrats, mm-hmm. worked together to come to this bill. So mm-hmm. because I don't see the governor making a bet. 
You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think she's. Uh, I don't think she was really sold on. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I don't follow it close enough. For, who am I to be dipping my toe in political waters? That's I just not don't our care. strength here. Well, certainly not mine. Not At least you get the vote <laughs> if you choose. That's true. Right. Yes. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Frank Schwab next. YahooSports.com. We're live at Principal Park. Day baseball down here at the ball yard today. Come on down. It is the final businessman special, uh, if they still call it that. Its first pitch is. Uh, at 12.08, Salt Lake is in town. Uh, they are the Angels AAA affiliate. Uh, it's a beautiful day for, boy, the fog this morning. Did you have that in yes, Western Moines? Holy yeah. mackerel. It was a, an interesting morning because of that, and uh, just a little bit of nip there. A little Felt like football, is it, that what you're saying? It did just a little bit. So, hey, kids are going back to school yeah, very quickly. Right. Get out here in Principal Park one final time. Have a fun afternoon with the kids. <clears throat> Watch them good baseball. No, Cubs no. playing well. Yeah, they are playing well. They're going to win the. They're going to win their uh, division. Uh, go in their league. Um, speaking of uh, feels like fall. Great piece on high school football in the Register today. Sears was. Uh, he was at Dowling practice yesterday. Talked to uh, Tom Wilson and a couple of the players there. Um, it does feel like football, doesn't it? Does. It does feel like fall. We well, got through it. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we will take a timeout. We'll be back here at Principal Park. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, going to do a, a, a good, uh, decent NFL segment coming up next, uh, lengthwise. I hope it's better than decent, uh, the content-wise. And then Randy Wayhofer at 11, Zuba Mahente 1120, Moore Miller and Condor. We're live at Principal Park on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and O. We're live at Principal Park. It is the final businessman special day game of the season. First pitch is at 12.08. I believe we have another signal coming through. We do. Um, Andrew, if you could uh, take care of that for us, that would be outstanding. Andrew Brown producing back in studio at uh, 2141 Grab. But let's talk some NFL, shall we? It's Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. He joins us. Frank, Trent, and Ken in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on, Frank Schwab. How are you? Hey, what's going on? Good to speak with you. Episode 2 of Hard Knocks tonight. I guess let's start with one of the stars of Episode 1, and that's Antonio Brown and his feet and his balloon ride. Um, but, boy, this is this uh, this uh, whole Brown story just is more bizarre by the day, seemingly, although I guess we do have some closure. He is going to play in 2019 after threatening to sit out if he didn't get his way with his helmet. Such a weird story. And and the thing about this is, yeah, he said he'd play. That could change in an hour, and nobody would be surprised. At this point, <laughs> really? I think any expectations of normalcy with this story have been removed. Uh, it's, you could tell me anything with Antonio Brown in the next 24 hours, and I'd, I, I don't know that I'd not believe you. It's, it's bizarre. His behavior's been bizarre for months and months and months. Uh, you know, the whole, like, if you read that, that Michael Silver thread, uh, it, it just, the readers have to be thinking, what did we get ourselves into? What, what <laughs> is even going on here? How do we, how do we even handle this? I, I, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. I'm really also curious if you could give John Gruden some truth serum and say, hey, well, we, you can yeah. magically go back and, and reverse this trade and reverse that contract. Would you do it? 
I think he'd say yes. I, I think it's just, it's just a nightmare for the Raiders. And and we haven't even looked, well, you know, we've been sitting here talking about Antonio Brown for a couple of minutes. We haven't even brought up the fact that he basically burned his feet in a cryotherapy mm-hmm. incident. Like, <laughs> that's not even the number one thing we're talking about, which is keeping him off the field still. I, and it's, it's just this whole deal is weird. And I, I think the Raiders, you know, every team, I, I covered the Mike Shanahan Broncos. And one of Mike Shanahan's biggest issues was – he thought he could fix anybody. He thought that, well, yeah, that guy was a problem in that city, but I can fix him. Or that guy was a bust in that city, I can fix him. And a lot of these coaches think that way. They're just the, the, the arrogance of, well, yeah, they were a problem there, but they won't be a problem with, with this team, with me. And I think John Gruden has a little bit of that. And I think that the Raiders just thought, well, it was Pittsburgh. You know, there was drama going on there, and they did this and that wrong, but we will fix it. He'll be fine with us. And they're just kind of finding out that Antonio Brown marches to his own drummer, and and you're kind of along for the ride with him. You're, he, you know, he's he's kind of running the show, not the other way around. No doubt about it. He took us for a ride on his balloon as he got to training camp. So just one more on the Raiders, Frank. I know you you watched it. You were tweeting about it. Episode one, I thought it was terrific. I'm really, look, it's hard knocks. I'm going to watch every single year, uh, regardless of who the team was. I thought the Rams was a disappointing season. The Browns last year were okay, but this has a chance to be terrific. I thought Gruden was great. The rookie, Robert Ollie, they already cut him, which I thought he was going to be the guy that they really focused on that cut him in the last episode. But just your thoughts on episode Episode one as we get set for uh, the second one coming out tonight. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I, I thought that, you know, it wasn't explosive and crazy and, oh, my goodness, we're all talking about it the next day. But it was good. It set the foundation for a lot of stuff. You could tell, you know, look, when you make – the show is tough to produce. I'm sure of that. I, I don't, I've never talked to anybody on the Hard Knock set. But I, I'm sure that it's hard to produce because you have to turn it around really quickly and things can change at the last minute. And the player, you know, the last chance you guy, uh, name even escapes me right now. You could tell that they were like, this is going to be our hook. He's going to be our, like, undrafted guy we follow around. And then he got cut, and they had basically 10 minutes of footage they had to use on a guy who, you know, basically practiced like one or two, like, once or twice. Like, it's, so that, that part was a little weird. And, you know, so, uh, just the, the challenge they have going forward, and it's a unique challenge to this year is, what if the Braiders box them out on this Antonio Brown thing? What if you need footage? Like you, as a writer, I can write about things without access. If if you really really want to, you know, get not let me in. HBO needs footage of this. What if the Raiders are, you know, the Raiders have, to, I, I assume, some editorial control. I know that with, like, the mic'd up segments, teams have editorial control on that. So I assume there's some kind of level where the Raiders can, can block stuff or just simply, we're going to do all this behind closed doors and no cameras around. We're not going to give you anything on this. And, we're, and Antonio Brown's not going to talk to you. So I, I wonder what they, they are under a ton of pressure for this episode. If they don't have a lot of really, really good Antonio Brown stuff, well, they we're all going to be disappointed and kind of ripping them tomorrow. This is a, it's a, usually we go into hard knocks not expecting anything, right? We were like, I remember when Chad Johnson mm-hmm. cut from the Dolphins. We were expecting, oh, we're going to see what happened. And we did. It was a really good clip of him and I believe it was Joe Philbin. But this is almost like a first where we go into Hard Knocks every week not knowing what we're going to be watching. This week we have an expectation of we want some Antonio Brown stuff and it better be good. And I think HBO is really, really challenged to come up with that. 
A really good point. Looking forward to that one tonight, Hard Knocks. 9 o'clock Central Time with the, uh, with the opening of that on HBO. Dak Prescott, he wants $40 million a year. Uh, Jerry Jones, of course, is dealing with Ezekiel Elliott. You have that happening. But $40 million a year for Dak Prescott. What's happening with the Cowboys, a self-proclaimed America's team? Yeah, and I mean, some people have pushed back and said, no, no, it's not really $40 million he's after. Well, it's it's north of 30 obviously, since since he said no to that. I don't know. I, I like that. I've, I've stood up for him, and I've probably, uh, you know, I'm probably on the high end of, like, do you like Dak Prescott? I, yeah, sure, he's a good, solid quarterback. I don't know that Dallas Cowboys are going to compete for a Super Bowl paying Dak Prescott. 30, 35, and definitely not 40 million mm-hmm. a year. Like, he's just not that good. Like, he's good, but he's not a transcendent player where you can devote, you know, 15% of your salary cap or more to, to him and expect him to carry the load. He's just not that guy. One of these teams eventually, and it's going to happen because we all agree. I think everybody agrees logically when we take a step back and think about this. The biggest edge you can have in sports right now, all of No sports, question is a rookie quarterback, a good, yep. solid starting rookie quarterback, uh, or, or a good, solid quarterback on his rookie contract. Jared Goff, Dave, Russell Wilson a few years ago, Dak Prescott right now, Carson Wentz until this year. And some team is going to actually leverage that. They're not just going to say it and then pay a mediocre quarterback $35 million a year. They're going to say, you know what, no. No, sorry, Dak. Uh, like we're gonna we're gonna draft somebody else next year, and we'll trade you to the Miami Dolphins, and they'll give us a first round pick. We'll use that first round pick on whoever you know to a Tagliavoa. Hey, some team is actually gonna put this into action instead of just acknowledging its fact and not doing anything about it. I think teams really get stuck when they're in the middle of the road at quarterback. If the quarterback stinks, it's easy to know what to do. If the quarterback's great, it's easy to know what to do. It's those middle guys. It's Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston. It's Tennessee with Marcus Mariota. It's Dallas with Dak Prescott. These guys clearly are not worth $35 million a year, but these teams get so frightened and they don't have any job security to really weather the storm Hmm. if it blows up on them that no team is willing to stand up and say, you know what, if this market is out of control, you're not worth $35 million a year. We're moving on. You know, Frank, when you tweeted that out yesterday, it um, it caused me to really think about what you just said, and I couldn't agree with you more. It is it is such a huge edge uh, in all of sports to have a an adequate or above above average quarterback on a rookie contract. So, having said that, who of this class? And I know we've only seen them in week number one. Daniel Jones looked great, I thought, prior to the delay in the game with the weather against the Jets. Manning did nothing in his series. Jones comes in after being the uh, uh, the focus of all the vitriol of Giants fans and came in and shut them up very quickly. Jones was great. So who's that next rookie quarterback going to be from what you've seen from week number one? Who's got a chance to be that guy, Frank? Yeah, it's uh, Daniel Jones really did look good. Now that's, you know, five passes or whatever he threw, but he did look good. And I haven't, I've, I've tried to, you know, do I agree with everything Dave Gettleman's done the last couple of years? No. But I've also said, let's let the kid play. Let's Oh, he was, yeah, maybe he was overdrafted at six. But we all expected him to go in the top 20. Uh, let's let the kid play and see if what he can do. I think he did look good, and he's going to play at some point this year. He's going to start at some point this year. Every every first-round quarterback does. It, it's just mm-hmm. that's the way it goes in the NFL right now. So 
I, I was impressed with him and really looking forward to seeing him more as the preseason goes on. I think Kyler is going to be just fine. I think the one guy mm-hmm. is going to is Dwayne Haskins good. I, I don't. He didn't. He made some some bad throws. Uh, but again, first preseason game, we'll see. I think in general, I kind of liked him coming out. But I think some of these guys are going to be good. Some of these guys won't be. It's just, this is one of those classes though where I don't. I don't really feel strongly about anybody except Kyler. Kyler's really good. But the other guys, the Jones and Haskins and all that, it's kind of like Eric Drew Locke or whoever. It's kind of like, well, I can see the good, I can see the bad. Some of these guys are going to hit, but it's it's really tough for me to predict who because all of these guys, except again Kyler, kind of have this really wide error bar of, you know, yeah, here are your strengths, but here are your weaknesses. I can point them all out. So we'll see. But, yeah, I think I think the star, I think the biggest story of the, the first preseason games was Daniel Jones coming in and really, really looking good. I, if you're the Giants right now, you got to feel like, hey, yeah, we're, we're pretty happy with where he is right now. If you're a team that's struggling with offensive line and you're expected to be good, I'm thinking Houston, maybe the Chargers, a couple of teams that are going to be good but have some question marks along that line, would it make sense to try to blow over Washington with an offer for Trent Williams? He's certainly not happy there. He's 31. You feel like he's got good football in front of him. If you're one of those teams, doesn't it make sense to go out there and try to get one of the better tackles in the game? Oh, no doubt. No doubt at all. And I know that the stories have come out, oh, the Redskins aren't going to offer or entertain offers for Trent Williams. Oh, come on. Like, at some point, well, it is the Redskins, so who knows? They're not a very good organization. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're ch- like, this, this is not, I don't think the Trent Williams thing is going away. I don't think this is like, he's just kidding and he's going to be in by the end of camp. I think he's dug in. I think he's really upset about stuff more than money. And that makes it really, really complicated. So if the Chargers, I think Chargers are a great example. Well, when you said that, it kind of perked up a little bit. If you're the Chargers and your quarterback is 38, I think Philip Rivers is, his window's closing pretty soon. And you have a roster that I believe if you're just – we're not talking about results, right? We're just talking about look at their depth chart, look at their roster, who has the best roster in football. I think it might be the Chargers. I really do. I think they're that good. So if you're the Chargers, you say – Hey, let's take a run at this thing. Let's let's offer a second round pick. And if you're Washington at this point, why wouldn't you take that? <laughs> like, what are you doing if you don't? So I think that that's. I think it'd be crazy to me if Washington doesn't at least listen. You know, maybe you don't do it for like a fifth round pick. You're just like, whatever. We're just going to buy this thing out. But if somebody comes and offers you a really good quality second, third round type of pick, I don't know if you get a first, but. If somebody offers you a pick like that, I think you say, yeah. I think, okay, well, Trent's not happy. We can recoup a draft pick. He's getting older in his career anyway, so, yeah, let's do that. And I think for a team like, like you said, Texans, Chargers, uh, a couple teams like that, maybe in like, like a team like the Jets maybe even, you, you look at that and you say, we can add a, an all-pro type of guy. I think we got to do that and try to try to maximize what we got this year. A couple more, Frank. We'll let you go. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. I want to uh, uh, get your take on on what the Vikings did uh, early yesterday. Uh, in that signing, Kerry Vedvik, somebody was going to. Nobody's going to beat out Justin Tucker in Baltimore, yet this kid uh, is was a commodity, and they knew that because they kept him around after he was forced to miss the entire season last year, after, of all things, being mugged uh, in the city of Baltimore that kept him from playing last year, but he was good in preseason last year. He's obviously very highly thought of. He can punt. He's a very accurate kicker so far. Bailey doesn't seem to be the guy that was in his heyday uh, in Dallas. So did this move cure two things? 
uh, it may be uh, the Vikings are going to be able to fill two roster spots with one guy, and B, he's not a Chicago Bear who really need a kicker uh, because they seemingly have everything else. Your thoughts on Vedvik to the Vikings? Yeah, I didn't necessarily hate it. I I don't love giving up draft picks for kickers, but you hate to be on that that bad kicker merry-go-round. You know, if you if you really thought, hey, Dan Bailey just kind of lost it, and you just boy, we we see so many teams just good teams get just kind of sabotaged by we don't have a guy who can make a kick. <laughs> so to give up a fifth rounder with the Vikings, as we talked, I think we talked about this last time about how the Vikings are. Uh, the time's running out on this group. Like they, yeah. they have some salary cap, big time issues next year. Do you really mm-hmm. want to say no? We don't want to give up a fifth round pick to secure a kicker situation and then lose games with Dan Bailey. Yeah, I mean, it just I, I I don't love it giving up picks like that for kickers, but I get it. I, it's a tough it's a tough spot to be in, and I I do wonder when it comes to the Bears, what are they doing? Like I don't. They have this team that, that looks like it can contend. Uh, you know, the defense is really, really good. The offense has promise, especially Manet. But they did nothing to fix their kicker situation, and they know it's bad, and they know it screwed them up last year. Why didn't they write up Lake check for Steven Goskowski? Why weren't they the team trying to trade for this guy? What, what are they doing? Like, what, they just keep bringing in these no-name guys, and maybe one of them is going to hit. Maybe Eddie Pinheiro is the next star. Like, every, most <laughs> kickers do start very, very, you know, modestly because they're undrafted or whatever. So maybe that's the case, but the Bears' lack of action on their kicker situation, kind of getting sniped by the Vikings right here on this guy, it's weird to me. I don't know why they just kind of almost are digging in and being stubborn and refusing to invest in their kicker. Finally, Frank, a story that we touched on at the top of the show today, Andrew Luck. He's been dealing with a calf injury. Now Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, says he has a small bone injury, whatever in the world that means, and trying to figure out exactly what Jim Ursay is talking about can be difficult. Your takeaway, what you're hearing about Andrew Luck, and obviously one of the most important players in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I think everybody was surprised at that Ursay comment. And now, like you kind of said, like, is it possible Ursay is just, you know, not knowing what he's talking about? <laughs> yeah, yes. it's possible. I mean, uh, it wouldn't be the first time. But it's also hard for me to imagine he just made that up out of thin air. I, he's the owner of the team. He knows what's going on with Andrew Luck. Somebody at some point had to use the word bone with him. I, I don't think he would just... You know, like I said, I don't think you just invent that. Like, we got to come up with it somewhere. So, I think that, that the whole Andrew Luck situation gets clouded by what happened two years ago. If this was another player, if this was, I, I don't know, anybody, pick Philip Rivers, we wouldn't be this worried about it. We would just say, well, they're all saying it's not serious. It's not going to be serious. But two years ago, we kept hearing, hey, he'll be fine. He's going to be back by camp. I don't know. He'll be back by week one. No, he'll be back by week four. Yeah, he's coming along. And then he missed the whole season with the shoulder issue. So I think that that's, even though it's a completely different injury, it's not like Andrew Luck is injury prone or soft or anything like that. I think that it just clouds our judgment of what we think about this. We, we're, it, it starts to feel like here we go again with Andrew Luck, even though it might not be that worrisome. I, I, I assume he's going to be back soon. He's played hurt before. He's, you know, this doesn't seem like something that would keep him out indefinitely, but I do think it's worrisome just because we, we haven't gotten many straight answers. Ursay came out of blue with this small bone thing, and it's Andrew Luck or what happened two years ago. So I... Something definitely on the radar. I'm not freaking out about it yet, but yeah, it's 
it's a little more troubling than your normal, you know, supposedly minor camp injury. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. Frank, as always, thank you for your contribution. We'll talk to you in the uh, weeks to come. Yep, sounds good. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. As Trent and I come to you live from Principal Park in downtown Des Moines, it is the final businessman special, the final day game. Sneak out of the office at lunch, take a long lunch, watch a little baseball. It's it's partly overcast. It's certainly a beautiful day outside and your last opportunity to see the team, at least during the day, during the week. Slide on out of here. What have you got, Trent Condon? You're pointing. Well, to. I, I think there might be another day game a little bit later on Thursday, the twenty second, twelve oh eight. Is that right? Well, maybe I'm wrong. May, yeah, you got the pocket so this, schedule there. This is the second last opportunity. The second to last opportunity. You're 100 percent right. The twenty second of August. Shame on me. Uh, but it's your last Tuesday. Yeah, you're exactly there. You right. go. Yes. Uh, but nonetheless, beautiful day. Whether it's the last or the second last, it's an opportunity to get down here to Principal Park and check out the team, the first place team, the playoff bound Iowa Cubs. Uh, they're playing the Angels affiliate today at 12:08. Trent and I continue until noon. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. One for podcasts. Okay, thank you. Welcome back. I thought it was a commercial. What, what were you listening to there, Trent? Do you know what this is? Uh, it's this, catchy. This is Andrew Brown's tunes. He's spinning the dials, hitting the ones and twos. So even you know, don't know, this yeah. is uh, interesting. All I right. heard the song. Have you? All right. It's a I'll remix it of uh, oh Duran Duran, right? That, they're looking at me for an answer? Yes, Andrew Brown's got it back, yes. Uh, Miller and Condor, we're live at Principal Park. Just real quick, Randy Wayhover's coming up here at 11. We'll talk a lot of uh, topics for him. Did you see the report in the Chicago Tribune? I think it was the Chicago Tribune. I should have got it right. Joe Mann expects to manage two more years. Uh, with the big club. Obviously a talker for Cappy tomorrow and we'll put that on our list to, uh, to speak with Cappy. But, and, and maybe he's just, you know, wanting to deflect what away yeah. from and, you know, put the focus. Uh, away from uh, his situation, I don't know, but I, I kind of that uh, stuck with me over the weekend when I saw that. Does Jed and Theo know this? Well, um, yeah, <laughs> they do now. I hope they're running the secret. Yeah, right. if they read the paper, they certainly are aware of it now. It's kind, of, you know, that lame duck situation. It can be difficult. Yeah. I get that. I understand it. Two more years, though. I would take the under on that one. We will come back with the 11 o'clock hour. Randy Wayhofer and Zuba Mahente Miller and Condon live at Principal Park. First pitch, 12.08. We're on the Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.